Hello, ACAC Church family and guests. Today, I'm going to do something I have never done before. On this weekend after Resurrection Sunday, I'm going to address the same topic I addressed last year on Resurrection Sunday, although virtually all of the material will be new. I made my decision after one of our members and one of my fishing buddies texted me on Tuesday just as I was beginning to prepare for this weekend. He had revisited his notes from Resurrection Sunday last year and suggested that the topic I engaged was very, very relevant and could be very helpful for people in these uncertain and unsettling days of pandemic. So I reviewed my notes from last year and I agreed with his assessment. And then I remembered something that I have been saying for years. Much of the Bible is written in invisible ink. It doesn't become visible until we really need it. And a pandemic creates a lot of need. So I reworked last year's Easter message in light of our current challenging circumstances. To begin our study, I want to read the announcement that signaled the end of an incredibly difficult day and the beginning of an incredibly hopeful one and an incredibly hopeful future. It's recorded in the first gospel account, the gospel according to Mark, chapter 16, verses 6 through 8. And he said to them, do not be amazed. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene who has been crucified. He has risen. He is not here. Behold, here is the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter... He is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. They went out and fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had gripped them, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. I've entitled this Week After Resurrection Sunday Study, Surviving Saturdays. Please unite your hearts with mine in prayer. Father, in these coming moments, as always, I will need the empowering, the equipping of your Holy Spirit to carry out the task you have entrusted to me, to echo your heart, to faithfully teach from your eternal word. So I pray for a fresh infilling toward that end. And all of us will need the work of the Holy Spirit to open our understanding and then give us the courage to apply what we learn. So Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on all of us. We pray this as always for the honor of Christ, for the health and welfare of his body, the church, and for the sake of our important, important assignment in a broken world. And we pray with confidence 
because we ask in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. And as we listen for God's voice today in our various locations, may the Lord be with you. If the days of what we call Holy Week were human characters in a drama, it's clear that the co-stars would be Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday. All of the other days of Holy Week play supporting roles, and for obvious reasons. Good Friday was the ultimate expression of God's love, while Resurrection Sunday was the ultimate expression and demonstration of His power. Now, that's not to suggest that the other days of Holy Week weren't significant. They certainly were. The events that unfolded on those days set the stage for Friday and for Sunday. But as I hope you'll see today by way of example, their importance wasn't limited to their setup role. The events that transpired on the other days offer us important glimpses into the heart of God and into our own hearts. One of those days in particular offers us a glimpse into a struggle. The struggle we encounter whenever we attempt to reconcile difficult and disconcerting times and circumstances with God's love and power. Circumstances like the pandemic we're living in currently. The day I'm referring to is the day that was sandwiched between the cross and the empty tomb. It's often called the forgotten day of Holy Week. I'm speaking of Saturday. Now, Saturday was the quiet, quiet day of Holy Week. And the silence, I would suggest, was deafening. It was a day of apparent inactivity on God's part. And for Jesus' followers, it was a day of suffocating unknowing and uncertainty. A day of lament and lingering disappointment. A day of stubborn sadness that refused to be evicted by the first prayer. And a day filled with tons of questions and no obvious answers. Friday gave us hymns that declare amazing love. How can it be that thou, my God, shouldst die for me? Sunday gave us anthems that shout, Christ the Lord is risen today. Up from the grave he arose. But Saturday didn't inspire any songs. And while I understand that, while I get that, I find it rather ironic because I'd like to suggest we spend the bulk of our lives in Saturdays. Let me explain. Saturday was the day sandwiched between a stiff challenge to faith, faith in God, and the validation of that faith. 
It was the long, torturous day between an event that appeared to signal the death of hope and the event that would signal hope's rebirth. And as inhabitants of a world that has been severely compromised by human sin and corrupted by human sin, that's where we frequently find ourselves as Jesus followers. We find ourselves facing developments that severely challenge our faith, but we're not yet seeing the validation of our faith. We're caught in the in-between. In the language of weekdays, we're continually confronted by Fridays, and the Sundays that erase our concerns and validate our faith rarely come immediately. So where does that leave us? It leaves us in Saturday. And much like many days during this shutdown, our Saturdays seem as if they will never end. Worse, they have the potential to become our new normal. The Fridays that thrust us into unwelcomed Saturdays come in a wide variety. And as we're discovering, a pandemic increases the number of Fridays that we have to face. It brings sudden, unexpected deaths, the loss of a job, a layoff with no end date, a mandate to shut down our already fragile business endeavor, a family member's COVID-19 diagnosis, the inability to visit family or friends who are hospitalized, a stay-in-place order, with no end in sight, the monotony of being shut in, a house full of bored children, or a house void of human companionship, the sudden need to be an educator, a school teacher, the nagging emotions that accompany any uncertainty, the feeling of being trapped, or maybe the reality of being trapped with somebody who is abusive, or a chronic depression that finds new energy, a shot of Red Bull when it's inside quarantine. Some Fridays are triggered by a single word, cancer, divorce, terminal come to mind. But in the midst of a wide variety of Fridays, one thing, one thing remains constant. No matter how and when Fridays arrive, they always usher us into a Saturday. They leave us to grapple with unsettling questions. What can I do? What should I do? What's next? Will it be ugly? Will I make it? And the most unsettling question of all, where is God in the middle of this? What is God saying? What is God doing? Why has God permitted this? 
Now, thankfully, some Saturdays are brief. Others, like the Saturday of Holy Week, are brief, but they feel like an eternity. And other Saturdays, like the one we're in now, are quite long. But whether brief or painfully prolonged, no one gets to live in an endless string of Sundays. Everybody spends time in Saturday, and there are no exceptions. Now, sadly, for some of you, before this pandemic unfolded, your life felt like every day was Saturday. And that's true for a lot of people. Think of those who battle unrelenting injustice, crushing poverty, dehumanizing bigotry, chronic physical pain, and debilitating depression. For folks like that, every day feels like Saturday. But ultimately, no matter the length the particulars, the intensity, or the frequency of our Saturdays, the difficulty of navigating Saturdays owes to this simple fact. On Saturdays, we have already experienced the challenge to our faith, but we haven't yet experienced the healing and the resurrection and restoration that God will bring. Saturdays are a challenge precisely because they come after pain and loss, but before God's restoration. They come after our dreams have been dealt an apparent death blow and before our dreams have been resurrected. As a result, our pains and disappointments appear more real than God's healing. So, while our minds still entertain hopeful possibilities, they also play host to nagging doubts. We pray more frequently. We read our Bible more frequently. We talk to friends. We seek counsel and treatment. We submit resumes. We file for unemployment. We interview for new positions via Zoom. And we attempt to distract ourselves from the nagging uncertainty. But we can't help asking the question, will things ever get better? Will things ever get better? We hope for the best, but we recognize the jury's still out. For those reasons, if we aren't careful, if we aren't careful, the unavoidable emotions of Saturday can give way to emotions that we can avoid, that God wants us to avoid. Rather than passing through those negative emotions, if we aren't careful, we may settle down inside of those negative emotions. And trust me, you don't want Saturday as your permanent emotional and spiritual address. What's the antidote to the ugly, faith-suffocating emotions 
that Saturdays always birth. How do we survive our Saturdays? How do we leave Saturday behind us when it appears it's going to continue indefinitely? How do you step emotionally and spiritually into Sunday when Saturday is still in session? I'd like to suggest the key is something that God stresses repeatedly in his word. And have you noticed God, when he repeats himself, repeats himself for good reasons. The key to stepping emotionally and spiritually out of Saturday and into Sunday is a good spiritual memory. Specifically, the memory of two vitally important things. Here's the first. God has promised us our Sunday, and no Friday, no Saturday can nullify a promise of God. No Saturday is bigger than God, more powerful than God, or more enduring than God. Saturdays always have an expiration date. God does not. He exists forever. And since his promises are nothing more than his heart revealed in language that we can understand, his promises, like the one who made them, endure forever. But here's the second thing and the more important thing we need to remember. God doesn't take Saturdays off. He simply works in ways we cannot see. I want you to repeat that with me at home, whether you're by yourself or with family or friends. Let's read it together. God doesn't take Saturdays off. He simply works in ways we cannot see. If you have read the words of the Apostle Peter in his first letter and other supporting passages contained in God's Word, you know that while things were very quiet on the human front on Saturday, they were far, far from quiet in the spiritual realm, in the unseen realm. We know from Scripture, though we're not given great detail, that it was during Saturday that Jesus, in his spirit, while his body was in the grave, descended into the place of death to announce his victory, to take back the authority, the keys over death and hell, to ghetto slap Satan on his own turf in front of his own posse, and to finally lead the spirits of his deceased followers from Adam to the thief who had just died next to him on a cross, to lead their spirits out of the place of the dead and into the heavens of God, out of their long Saturday and into their eternal Sunday. Now, the women, the disciples... They had no clue that all of that was going on. How could they? It was invisible to them. But it was no less real. 
Now, God left a hint of what He was doing in the unseen realm. He resurrected, we're told, a select group of Old Testament saints who were seen walking around the city of Jerusalem. But it appears few people took God's hint. So, all of that to say this, while Saturday was a quiet day for Jesus' disciples, a day of deafening silence, it was an incredibly busy and strategic day for Jesus. He was doing everything necessary to make Sunday's announcement and its liberating hope possible. Does this pandemic, Have you feeling like you're stuck in a rolling, open-ended Saturday? Or Or were you already feeling trapped in some Saturday before this pandemic arrived and made things even more disheartening? If so, I want to remind you, you are not alone. You have not been forgotten. God is at work on your behalf, but as is often the case on Saturdays, God is at work in ways that you cannot see. They are currently invisible to you. What he once did in a graveyard centuries ago, he wants to do again in your life today. He wants to lift your soul and your emotions out of Saturday and into Sunday. He wants to open your understanding so that you see things that were once invisible to you. And he's busy, very busy, doing everything necessary to make that a reality even though you can't see it. One of the worship songs we enjoy singing is, Even When I Can't See It, You're Working. Saturday reminds us, even when we can't see him, God is working. He is at work during this Saturday. He's busy preparing the church's next Sunday. And when it arrives, like the women at the tomb, (laughs) we won't be disappointed. We may be shocked, pleasantly surprised, but we won't be disappointed. But God wants us to avoid unnecessary disappointment while we're waiting. And if we're going to do that, we need to remember that most of God's work goes unseen by us. Most of it. That's why we need to trust His heart more than look for His fingerprints. I would remind you, if you could see everything that God was up to, trust and faith wouldn't be necessary. Faith is when we have the conviction and the assurance of things that we aren't seeing and that we haven't yet seen. Faith is needed on Saturday, not on Sunday. God wants you to trust His heart when you can't see what he's doing with his hands. My father, who was privileged to preach the gospel of Christ in hundreds and hundreds of churches and business gatherings, 
like to tell this story to illustrate our need to trust God more than understand what God is doing. Dad told the story of a pilot who was flying over the Amazonian rainforest in Brazil when his single-engine plane developed a problem and he was forced into a crash landing. Now, luckily, he survived. But even though he had a general idea of where he was, his compass was broken. It was in the days before cell phones and all the rest, and so he really, apart from trying to interpret the position of the sun, had no idea where he was, but more tragically, he didn't know where the nearest village was, where he could find help, where he could make his way back home. And as he was sitting there contemplating his apparently tragic situation, not knowing what direction to even start walking, he heard a rustling in the bush, and a native to that region stepped out. And he addressed the pilot in perfect English, explaining that he had been educated in a mission school. And he told the pilot that they were about a two-day walk from the nearest village, but that village was located on a tributary to the river, and once they got there, they could go upriver by boat, and he could get that pilot to the place where he could get transportation back home. So with that, the pilot, having no other options, obviously began to follow this tribesman through the dense undergrowth. Now, for a while, he saw what appeared to be something of a path, but after a while, There was no path, no evidence that anybody had passed that way previously, and the tribesman was using his machete to just hack away the underbrush and make a way. And so in concern and doubt, the pilot said, Sir, I don't see any way. I don't see any path. Are we lost? And the tribesman simply responded, Sir, there is no way. I am the way follow me. During Saturday, God wants to teach us to lift our eyes away from a path, a schedule, an outline of what's going on, and follow Him. When you cannot see what He's up to, trust His heart. I want to close in prayer, and then a final word. As I close in prayer, if you're listening today and you've never placed your trust in Jesus as Messiah and Lord, you can do that where you're at. You don't need to be in a church building to do that. You can do it where you're at by simply expressing to the Lord this thought. Lord, I realize I've been broken by my own sin. I'm not living under your management. I believe Jesus died and rose so that I could be restored, so that I could step out of my spiritual Friday and into Sunday. So I take you as my Lord and Savior. Forgive my sin, change my heart, and grant me the new birth. 
and I'll follow you and confess you for the rest of my life. You do that, and God will meet you. Now, for everyone else and for those who may have just prayed, let me pray. Father God, I'm thankful that while you do not spare us from the Fridays that lead to the disconcerting, haunting Saturdays, you promise that you are with us, always with us, working all things for our ultimate good. Not our temporary ease, but our ultimate good. You have promised us that if we will trust you in Saturday, Sunday will dawn. And when it dawns, we will not be disappointed. So, Father, in the midst of all the uncertainties of this pandemic, teach us in new, exciting ways to lay hold of that which is certain. Your heart, your nature, your love, your grace, your mercy, your majesty, your power, your sovereignty, your kindness, your forgiveness. Because, Lord, those things were here before the pandemic, and they'll be here when the pandemic is long forgotten. Teach us on Saturday to look for your heart rather than look for your fingerprints. In Jesus' name, amen. A final thought. The experience of the women at the tomb and later the disciples who received the women's report reminds us of our last point today. The effects of Saturday may linger after we step into Sunday. You see, the women were joyful after Sunday's announcement. Matthew told us that. But Mark reminds us they were also fearful, really fearful, troubled at heart. Why? Because they had no experience in post-resurrection living. It was an entirely new paradigm filled with new exciting uncertainties, and uncertainties have a way of making us afraid. All that to say this, if God reveals some Sunday truth to you in the midst of this pandemic Saturday, don't be discouraged if you initially struggle to grasp that truth and apply that truth. Instead, press on in faith, do what Jesus commands, and your emotions will eventually follow your faith out of Saturday and into Sunday. I'm anticipating some awesome Sundays when this is over, and I hope you are as well. In the meantime, stay safe, stay focused on God's heart. God bless you.